Hey, ladies. Good evening. Good evening. Hello. All right. So those of you who are tuning in loyally to the Hustle and Shine podcast, surprise, surprise, our lovely leader, Natima Sheree, the queen pin, is taking a much needed night off, but she is here in spirit. So everyone get some diamond shine to our leader. She needed to regroup. And so she asked some of us to step up and step in and keep the show going. So you are joined tonight with me, Tiffany Mathias, the Phoenix, and my lovely partners this evening, Miss Danielle and Miss Jessica. Good evening. Good evening. So we are here tonight to shine a light on some trending topics. And so um, each of us thought over the weekend, what's something that's happening in our lives that we wanted to talk about? So we came up with some juicy things to talk about with you all. But before we get started, for those of you who don't know us, we're going to take turns introducing ourselves. Um, Jess, you could start us off. Hello, everyone. My name is Jessica Newman. I am the culture keeper of the Diamond Writers. Um, this is my first time on the Hustle and Shine podcast, so I'm excited. Um, not only am I a Diamond Writer, a published author beneath the crown, I am also a wife, mother, and a elementary school teacher. So I am so glad to be on tonight, and I can't wait to get some gems and drop some gems with all you lovely people on. Thank you, Jess, and the lovely Danielle. Good evening, everyone. My name is Danielle Lawson. I am the Shine supporter for the Diamond Riders. Um, outside of being a Diamond Rider, I will be in our newest project, Valid Transparency, my first project as a published author, which I'm so hyped about. Um, I am also a wife, a mother, and my nine to five is I'm a clinical laboratory scientist, but um, my heart is with the Diamond Riders, so I'm excited to be here tonight. Okay, did y'all hear that? Brains and beauty. Come on through, sis. Come on. Through. <laughs> it sounds so, way better than what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and as I said, I am Tiffany Mathias. I am the Phoenix. I am the director of Northeast Operations for the Diamond Riders. My nine to five hustle is I'm a director of human resources for a nonprofit in New York City as well as a youth development coach. And I am a wife, a mother, and a glamour. And I'm also a published author twice over, thanks to the Diamond Writers. And at the last minute, I submitted a little something, something for valid transparency. So I'm really excited <laughs> about that. So um, welcome to the Hustle and Shine podcast, everyone. So. Um, how do you want to do this? What should we talk about first? We had some interesting topics. So the first topic we had was um, parenthood, bonus or step parenthood. We also had single parenthood versus being a single man or woman. And then we had the A word. I feel like saving the A word for last, letting people think about what that A word might be. So where do you want to go tonight, ladies? Hmm. Maybe we should start with single parent versus single mom, dad. Okay. 
So single parent versus being a single man or woman. I recently had a conversation with um, some men in my life. And um, I want to give a shout out right now to the um, BIPOC fathers that are in here right now. If you know a BIPOC dad that is a Black Indigenous person of color who is in their child's life. And I don't mean like, you know, the tokenism. I mean, a dad who is really in their kids' lives. I want to shine a light on them right now. I want to shine a light on the men who are stepping away from the stereotypical, um, you know, dick and dash, you know, the ones who my family call them gardeners, you know, they plant a seed and every now and then they come around and they sprinkle some water on it <laughs> and then they go. No, I'm talking about the fathers that are really there in their children's lives, registering them for school, showing up for parent-teacher conference at every any type of extracurricular activity that um, the kids have. And so I had a conversation recently with some of these fathers and they are really feeling a way about their children's mothers. And here's what I'm talking about. These are fathers who I just said are very active in their children's lives. I'm talking child support. I'm talking, you know, 50-50 custody, you know, all that stuff. But their children's mothers are out here acting like they're single mothers. Now, I'm about to break down to you what a single mother is. A single mother or a single parent is the only person rearing this child, like, more than 50% of the time. They are the sole one making all of the decisions and the responsibilities for these children, even though they're not the only ones who made them. Whether you're right. a man, woman, or you choose not to identify, you are the sole provider for this child or these children. That's a single parent. Right. Now, if you had children in a relationship and it didn't work out, and now you are not dating, you are not with a significant other, you are not a single mom, sis. You are a single woman. There is a difference. Stop painting the picture that your partner, your ex-partner is not it's in not your children's perfect. lives. Like you right. out, you don't, that's not your struggle. That's not your struggle. And if you right. are putting that on yourself, that's because that's where you want to be. Now, maybe that's because that's all you know. So that's what you think it is. But if you got somebody in your life, in your child's life, who is there with you, change your mindset. You're not a single parent. You're a single person. And that's okay. So that's what came to me. I was like, can we talk Can we talk about this? Do y'all understand the difference that I'm talking about? The difference between being I a do. single parent and a single man or woman? But you know, the issue is a lot of people feel like their status is based on them. Like they're only thinking about them. They're not thinking about all the pieces you described. Like, you know, even though I'm single, I still have this active party in my child's life. My child's father is very involved. They're not they're not making those designations. They're only thinking mm -hmm. about themselves because he's no longer with me, so I'm alone. So I'm a single parent. Like, I don't think people really think about all those pieces. 
And it's great that you acknowledge all the men out there who are doing what they're supposed to because I don't feel like the, the light is shined on them enough because there's way more than we know mm-hmm. because we're always talking about the bad and not the good. So yeah, right. I think that's the, the biggest difference. They're only yeah. thinking about themselves. They're not, they're not separating the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank I'll, you. I, I think a lot of women are so focused on the relationship that they used to have. Right. Right. They're like, or they, or they like, thought they had, thought they had, because that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> but some of them go into the situation like, now you know it was just a hit it and quit it, you know, and then you had a baby, but now you're like, well, we we together because we got a baby, but that's not the case, you know. But they're so focused on that part of it of, oh, I I like him, we have a child together, so we should be together, and then when mm. it doesn't turn out that way, it's like. Well, now I'm going to use this child against you. You know, I'm going to You can't see your child. I don't want you <laughs> around your child. You would yep. then be sad because you don't yep. want me anymore. Yep. Two different things. Two different things. And, you know, some women are getting that confused. They're getting that thin line. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that thin line. Like, yeah, we may have had a relationship or we may have had a situation, but Ooh. we created this child and that has nothing to do with what we once had or thought you had you know and we need to focus more on the relationship we have with our child and learn how to co-parent being exactly being a single mother like you said is or a single dad is someone who is solely taking care of that child there is no financial support emotional support there is nothing else from another parent but mm-hmm. being single has nothing to do with your parental guidance exactly so that's yeah exactly and sometimes sometimes that situation is what confuses things too because some people walk into a situation hoping that it turns into more more and sometimes hoping that a child will somehow change that and when it doesn't that's a whole can we can we talk okay so first of all i'm a i'm a I'm gonna take a little sip to the fact that Jess said people be in situationships. Like that's cute. Okay. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not. But I get it because I've been there and I had to look back and I was like, yeah, that wasn't cute. I was doing the most. But yeah, that whole when you become a bitter parent, whether you're the bitter baby mama or you're the sour dad. And you start using that child as a weapon of mass destruction against the other mm-hmm. person. The only person you really effing up is the kid the because they That's just right. like, That's right. you're what my mom, you're on? my dad. I love yeah. you both. And I just right. uh, like, stop. Right. We have to stop. It's too much knowledge and too much going on right now for us to still be stuck in a mindset that. Um, baby makes three and everything is going to be okay. No, stop bringing these, these little people into the world to try and fix your grown up problems. Ooh. They are not the solution. That part. Not <laughs> you together. That <laughs> part. Together, the baby only going to make things worse. They don't right. Exactly. And, and that's what complicates things, right? Because people aren't thinking about the child. They're no. thinking about themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And and people take for granted that children pay attention to everything. Like I have a four year old son and I got to be very camp- careful what I say and what I do because he copies, he repeats. 
A lot of times he's repeating and don't even know what he's saying. Mm -hmm. You know, so kids are paying attention. Like we are their example. And, you know, to be in a situationship and a child comes of it, like it should hopefully change your focus. But for a lot of people, it doesn't. Hopefully. Right. Word. (laughs) Right. Hopefully. That part. (laughs) All right. So, Jess, who in this conversation with us? What they saying? Let's check out comments. Okay. We have the queen pinned, Natima Sheree herself. Talking about that part, Kazo. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Who else we got? Let's see. Oh, Natima. Let's, let's do another one from Natima. Uh, that's so good. You're not a single parent. You're a single person. Yes, I did like that one. Yes, clap to that. Snap your fingers. People don't think about it. They don't think about it. Yeah, so, you know, I just want to shine the light on the parents that are out there who are doing it for the children, who done put on their big boy drawers, their big girl bras, and they are really here for what's going to be best for the children because those children didn't ask to be brought into this world. So I'm shining the light on you, Um, mom and dad. I I see you. We see you. All right. So up next, where are we going to go? Are we going to go with bonus step parents or are we going to go with the A word? Well, I think you want to leave the A word for last. So let's Mm. that step of bonus parenthood. Right. Which kind of piggybacks off of what you, but you stated, Tiffany, like single parent. So, or single person. So what happens when that single person decides to start a relationship with someone else or is in a relationship with someone else? What does that mean for the someone else (laughs) and the child? You know, so I am a step parent. Um, I have a bonus child. I know there's a lot of terms that float around. It all sums it up to she's mine. Um, She's amazing. She's smart. She's focused. She's in college super proud of her um but of course there's struggles with that and like you said there's a, a certain maturity that needs to come from a situationship if you catch my drift mm-hmm. so, so um it's hard for me because initially and if you read my chapter in valid transparency shameless plug <laughs> i had to um i had to mature and take myself out of it right because you know i cared about my husband, then boyfriend, and I had to decide, right? And as you stated, this child didn't ask to be here. And I kind of fed off of our relationship. We established our own relationship. But the gray area for me is when it comes to the parenting piece, right? Like how much say do I have? How involved can I get? Um, is it bad if I correct them? Um, you know, it's it's a lot that comes with being a step parent. But what I've learned is the biggest value is just being yourself with them because as you said like it's oh I got mom I got dad and then there's this other person you think you got to please and I never wanted her to feel that way so we kind of established our own relationship she would come to me for her own you know little things that she didn't want to go to her mom or dad about and it felt good you know but it left that gray area do I go to the birthday party How much Mm. involvement do I have in a birthday party? You know, am I stepping on toes? 
you know, if I say some certain things, if I talk to her about something things, if I give her advice about certain things. So, mm-hmm. you know, being a step parent is um I wouldn't say that it's a role that gets overlooked. I just don't think the details of it get discussed enough because it's it's really a mental battle that you go through. Girl, you ain't never lied. Listen. (laughs) (laughs) Because I never want her to feel... I never want her to feel that any issue that comes up is her fault. You Mm -hmm. know, and and there are certain things they just shouldn't be aware of because the adult should be able to take care of it. You know, but like I said, the gray areas. Yeah, the gray areas are touchy. Those are the real the touchy. Because I'm a bonus also, and I think my struggle was I've been in her life since she was almost two, and I just wanted her to like me, you know, like so that was my like oh I just give in I'll just do whatever she wants so she can like me. But I needed to focus on more so her just respecting me, you know, and right. respecting my position in her life. No, I'm not your real mother. I'm not your father. But God has blessed you with a bonus person, you know, someone that you can come to outside of your parents. And I think once I realized what my role was, then that's when we had that connection where we were able mm-hmm. to establish that relationship. Right. Because I was no longer focusing on just like me, you know, just accept me for being with your dad. It turned mm-hmm. into more of, let's just respect each other and respect our roles in this new dynamic and then go from there. And then that's how right. we grew into what we are today. I mean, she's 22. She has her own child. Got my own little bonus granddaughter. Aww. And I'm mm-hmm. bonus. If anybody asks me, I always say, oh, I have five kids. I never yeah. ever say like I have a stepdaughter or a I don't believe in that. Once I love you, I love you. You're my child. And I always believe that the greatest way to show your love for someone is to love someone that you didn't even create. So because of that, I don't never put that bonus or step in in front of it. You are mine. Yeah. I I will always treat you like you're mine. I'm going to honor you just like the rest of my children. So, yeah. You know, you know what my issue with that, Jessica, I agree with you a hundred percent, but my struggle was that is that I didn't, I didn't want to make her feel like she had to choose. And I probably overthought it, you know, right. I, I just didn't want to feel, I didn't want to make her feel like I was trying to replace her mom. So while mm-hmm. we had a good relationship, I kind of pulled myself back in some instances because you know, and it depends on the child too. I, I know right. my stepdaughter uh, or my baby is a, a pleaser. So I didn't want her to feel like I was another person she had to look to for confirmation or to make mm-hmm. sure I was okay. You know what I'm, I I kind of wanted to be her escape. I want her to be able to come to me and let me know the real, so to speak. And right. I feel like there'll be any, you know, consequences if she came in and confided in me. So I agree with you 100%. She's mine. She lives with us. I mean, she's away at school now, but I always struggled with, you know, I don't want to disrespect her mom because her mom is present mm-hmm. and, and involved, but um, I just wasn't sure how to establish that line of like, okay, what is okay? And, and you know, what's going too far? Right. right. Yeah. So me personally, I've been living in the 50 shades of gray my whole life. 
because I am raised by a bonus dad, you know, and I, I appreciate everything that he did for me, you know, and, and my sister, because when him and my mom got together, my mom came with a four-year-old and a newborn baby, like a three-month-old baby. And they were very young and it was an interracial relationship in the eighties. And so they took on a lot of at one time. And so for me growing up in that bonus step family, you couldn't tell that there were any such titles. Like nobody could tell Tyrone Wilkes that I was not his daughter and nobody could tell me that Tyrone Wilkes was not my father. Like, no, that's just not how it is. Because what it came down to was it wasn't a matter of titles per se, but the role and the actions that went with it. So if I was in a school play, it was parent-teacher conference, it was homework. I, I tell you, this man spent a many a Thursday night quizzing me on my spelling words so that I would know how to spell <laughs> to, the, to the point he would be That's sitting there Friday putting his test. hair out. Who would have thought it? I, I was a horrible speller. Sometimes to this day, I'm still a horrible speller, but I'm a writer. But I digress. And then when I got with my husband, we became like a modern day Brady Bunch. He came in with two sons. I came in with three daughters and we, you know, tried doing this. There's a lot of, you know, this as it happened. But when people find out that my youngest bonus son is not my birth son, people were like, oh, I thought he was yours. Well, he is mine. But I'm not the vessel from which he came into this existence. But he is mine. You cannot tell me that that's not my son. Right. And when um my daughter when my daughter had my grandson, I used to take him out to the store. We'd go to the park, and I would put him in the chest carrier. And my my bonus son, he'd be like, Fifi, dude, I don't remember you carrying me like that. Oh. And well, when we when I got with my husband, my bonus son was about 18, 19 months old, but he doesn't have a thought where I was not in his head. So to him to see me carry a baby in a chest carrier, he was like, I don't remember you doing that for me, but to him, that's exactly where he should have been. And he would have been had I known him back then, you know? Right. But yeah, I can't, I can't stress enough that when it comes down to raising a child, there's no such thing as too many parents unless it's messy. Then you got too many parents. (laughs) But if people are going to be mature and act civilized, and again, as we said back at the previous topic, like be in this for the betterment of the children who didn't ask to be here, then go ahead, mix, blend, and extend that family because this is what we're here to do. Right. We're here to, right. to to just love on one another. And don't worry about what the title is. The title is love. I love you. Right. That's you know, and so love. I just, you know, say again, Jess. Once you put love in the equation, then that should be the only thing that matters. You know, right. are we all loving this child? to where they need to be you know are we helping them grow and get them to where they need to be successful in life 
And if collectively all parents, bonus parents, grandparents, the whole village, if all of us are doing that, then it doesn't matter who you're with, you know, who you're not with, what the situationship was. It's mm-hmm. all about just loving that child so that they can be the best person that they, you know, that God intended them to be. As long as exactly. everybody's on the same page. That's right. Right. Well, but our, you know, um, comment section is jumping. So oh, let's get in it. Let's get into these comments. You go, our diamond sister, Melly Mel. Hey, Mel. She said, I love my bonus daughter. She couldn't have been more mine, even if I had pushed her out. Truthfully, uh, she was the reason I stayed as long as I did. Mm, mm. I understand. I hear that. When you're more attached to the child. Right. Relationship. That is hard. You'd be like, I just want to be here for the child. <laughs> right. Right. That. That actually becomes something even a little more scary when you're in a relationship and the children do become involved and they are bonus children. It's Mm -hmm. like if birth parents break up, y'all are still in each other's lives like that. That's you 50 50. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to the bonus children, it's like. Oh my God, what actually happens to this relationship, especially if they're little and they have little mm-hmm. to say or little input on who they see or who's around them. So it's like, as you said, do I come to the birthday party still? Do I even know there's a birthday party? Like, right, right. Wh- what is that all about? So being a, a bonus parent is not for the weak of heart. Like, you can't no. half-ass being a bonus parent. because. No. You can't give your love to a kid and then be like, oh, it didn't work out with your mom and dad, deuces. Like, yeah, no. They don't understand that. They don't. And it's not fair to them. There's a level of selflessness that comes along with it. And I mean, like Jessica said, you know, it's a whole nother type of love. It really is. Um, And to be honest, my my bonus child made me realize some things about myself that I didn't even think were there. Right? Mm -hmm. Because because of you know how things unfolded you kind of have this guard right for me and my experience and she just you know with all the nonsense that would be in the background you know she just being there with her was like it's worth it you know it's worth it she needs someone right Right. because like you said they don't understand what's going on in the background they shouldn't really even know about it but it, it makes all the difference to have that other person to there and then if that's just stripped away how damaging is that so yeah i feel mel let's see what else the team she said i treated my three bonus sons the same way i treated my girls all love and genuine care for them spoil them a little bit too lol yeah nothing wrong with spoiling nothing wrong with spoiling (laughs) you know one of the things that um you said Danielle that has me thinking about my own relationship with with my bonus boys is that you said you wanted to be like that that almost like that safe space that she could go to when she couldn't feel comfortable enough going to mom or dad and I have always made myself like third parent you know there's certain things that I do there isn't anything that these boys will ask for that I wouldn't do for my own daughters however 
thinking like, okay, since it's a third parent, am I really that safe space? Am I that person who they can feel like mm. no matter, like mom and dad are over there bugging. I need a sounding board I, or I'm going to come to you because I need you to help be my advocate. That's actually a dope mindset and space to come from is that I get to be, that's my lane. Like I was actually yeah. told at one point in time, I needed to stay in my lane. And I'm like, well, what the hell lane is that? We making this yeah, up as we please, go along. Please give me an inclination. <laughs> Help me define that. I mean, I had the opposite experience from you, Tiffany, in that my father was absent. And, you know, he was, would you say your family called it? The one that come and sprinkle? The gardeners? Like, you know, the, yeah, every three years or, you know, every five years pop up. Somehow I come across him. And he was married. So technically I had a stepmother. That woman did not like me. The only person, my father has seven children. The only person she wanted him to care for and think about and do for were the ones that she had with him. She did not encourage and support. So that was another thing that in being, having a bonus child kind of pushed me to. I don't want her to feel how Mm -hmm. I felt. You know, not wanted, not liked, unsure of what this woman might say to me. Like, and on the rare occasion that I even saw her, you know, but just those few times, and I'm sure I could count on one hand as a child that I saw her, it was, it was damaging. It was impressionable. Mm. It's something I still remember. And so being around my stepdaughter as much as I was, um, I never wanted her to feel that. I always wanted her to feel acceptance and love for me. You know, I would come off of work at night shift and be watching VeggieTales. And Dora the Explorer, what I wanted to do. <laughs> you know, just making that time for her, you know. So it's great that you had that experience, though, Tiffany. That, that is definitely amazing for a man to step up and do that. I would have never yeah. known he was your bonus dad. The way you talk about him and post him on Facebook and, you know, all the wonderful things. Just your whole family that you have to say about him. I would have never yeah. thought he was not your dad like That's i mean he should be because so, <laughs> he did not create you does not make him any less any less exactly and he and i we had numerous conversations about it at different stages in in my life growing up you know as a adolescent as a teenager as a young mother and then even you know before he he transitioned on what our relationship was like and I remember um him feeling insecure that when I got married he wasn't gonna be the one to walk me down the aisle and I was like what made you think that you wouldn't he was like well you know you have your relationship with your biological father and I just thought that you would I said first of all in a perfect world in a perfect world, I'm walked down the aisle by the both of you. But we don't live in a perfect world. But so you're going to walk me down the aisle. I'm about to get a little emotional no, because this right. is the level of parenting that I'm talking about. When we had our father daughter dance, he walked me to the table that my biological father was sitting at and extended him into our dance and handed me to, so that 
there are photos that my photographer took where I'm actually dancing with both my fathers at the same time. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, like I couldn't get the walk down the aisle, but I got the dance. And then, you know, a couple months later, we're looking at the photos and I'm sharing with my husband like, oh, this was such a dope moment. I'm glad the photographer took it. And I'm surprised daddy did that. He said to I had a conversation with Pop Pop and I told him what it would mean to you. And though it it took a lot of pride in him to share that moment with somebody else, he felt it was his gift to you. So my husband planted the seed in dad's (laughs) head and dad let it manifest into the most one of the most beautiful moments at my wedding. But that's still him looking out for his child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Truly, truly. My brother walked me down the aisle. I wasn't even trying. <laughs> you wasn't even no room, no. <laughs> no, sir. No. Where my glasses at for my shade, girl? <laughs> you wasn't going to that day. Yeah, you wasn't going <laughs> He no sprinkled and showed up for my wedding day, but no, that wasn't happening. But that yeah, is truly amazing that he really was selfless in that moment for your benefit. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. So we, we get in deep, comments. ladies. We get in deep. We got any more comments? Yes, ma'am, we do. Um, team is sending hugs, Tiff. Thank you. <laughs> I felt that that was truly an amazing story. Yeah. Um, All right. Mel said that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, yes. Right. All right. So we are about to dive into the juicy topic. All right, so um, I'm going to set up the segue, and then, Jess, you could take it away. Right. 2022 mm-hmm. became the year where the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, taking away a woman's right to choose whether or not she could safely have an abortion, the A word. Wow, throwing us back, mm. setting us back. How many years? 40 something <laughs> odd years. And so, Jess, you talk about this in your chapter in, in one of the books, right? Yeah. Invalid transparency. I talk about my struggles with the A word abortion. Um, I was 19 when I got pregnant with my first child, and Back then, it doesn't seem so long ago, but it was almost 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Abortion was such a taboo word. Like, I remember growing up in my house, and that was never a topic of discussion. Like, you have you get pregnant, you have a baby, you take care of the baby. That is it. Like, there was no gray area. There was no other option. Not even adoption <laughs> was a choice. It was you did this, you're going to be responsible, and that's it. So when I was 19 and faced with this untimely pregnancy, I had to make a decision. And I was like, do I or don't I? You know, mm-hmm. and I couldn't talk to anyone about it. My friends were like, do what's best for you, you know, and my family. Don't you was love like, that? <laughs> what type of advice is that? Thank you. No, Thank you for nothing. My family, I grew up in a Catholic family, and it was 
forbidden. You mm-hmm. will go to hell. Jesus is not going to love you. You you know, it was the babies are going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Um, you will never <laughs> Not be- the baby ghost. <laughs> yes, the baby ghost will come and get you. So it was like, okay, well, who do I turn to? What do I do? And I just, I was faced with a tough decision and didn't have enough resources, didn't have enough background information and didn't have enough support. And I made a decision based off of just emotions tied Mm -hmm. back into, well, if I keep this baby, then I'll keep this man and it'll make our relationship better. And it'll be this happily ever Cinderella story. And that's not what happened. So yes, I did. I chose to keep my baby, but looking back now, which is what I discussed in the book, um, Valid Transparency, did I make the right decision for me or did mm-hmm. I make the decision for the people in my village, in my surroundings, in my family? Did I make it for them or did I make it for myself? And I had to really look at myself and be honest with myself and say, I did it for them. Right. You know, it wasn't because, yes, I wanted to be this great mom at 19. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want to be shamed. I didn't want to be, you know, cause disappointment or people look at me crazy or you're that girl who had that abortion because you were in college, you know, or you chose mm-hmm. yourself over having your baby. So I did what I thought I needed to do because society, my world said, you have to have the baby. Right. You have to do it. So I think what was important for me now, you know, here I am almost 40 years old. I needed guidance. I needed information. I needed someone who wasn't judging me, you know, mm-hmm. and wasn't going to tell me that now you're, you should be ashamed of yourself because mm-hmm. you are choosing yourself. And right. I struggled with that for years, you know, back and forth. Like, what if I would have done it? Mm-hmm. Where would I have been today? You know, and don't get me wrong. I know people probably like, oh, my God, why are you you don't love your kids? Nothing to do with that. I love all my kids, you know, but at that age and all the things I had planned for my life already, mm-hmm. I thought that it wasn't going to be that way. You know, I thought I was going to be married and then have kids and then do all these other great things. And I had to realize that that, uh-huh. plan that I had was not the plan that God had for me. Danielle, did Jess freeze? Did I freeze? Can you hear me? Uh-huh. I don't think so. I can hear her fine. Okay. There she go. So yeah, yeah, I had to realize that that plan I had was not the plan that God had for me. And that right. you know everything happens for a reason. And I thank God that I made this decision now, you know, to keep my child because she made me this strong person that I know that if I could get through that at 19, that I can get through, through anything, anything. you right. know, and then, then having another child right after I was still faced with that same decision as a young mother, do I, or don't I, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of women, it doesn't matter how many kids you have or how many times you got pregnant. That can be a thought that you have. Should yes. I keep child? Am I in the right position today to take care of this child financially, emotionally? You know, those are mm, things that, that you think about. But 
most people will look at you like, well, you had sex. Well, you knew what was going to happen. You knew it was a possibility. So just deal with it. <laughs> just, just deal with it. And I just, I just struggled with that. Like, why do I just have to deal with it? Why do I have to be ashamed of not knowing what to do? You right. Know? So in, in the, in the book, when, when you guys get this book and you really, and I dig deeper into each time I had a child and the things that I struggled with, it was just not about getting rid of a situation. It was trying to figure out, could I really be a mother to these children? Mm -hmm. You know, if I didn't know who I was, but I'm creating these kids who now mm -hmm. need me to be there for them emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, was I whole enough to be that person for them? Exactly. It took a long time for me to be whole. It wasn't until maybe two years ago that I really found my voice and found out who I was that I finally accepted that I'm a good mother, you know, that mm -hmm. I did the right thing. But for so long, I doubted. Am I good enough to be their mom? Do they really love me? You know, am I doing all the right things? And And it was all because back then, no one was there to support me through that process, to let me know that it's okay, no matter what you choose, mm -hmm. that it's, it's going to be okay. And that I just didn't have that support. And I had to figure it out on my own over and over again. And then just basing it off of what others thought, what the world thought was best, I made my decisions. I don't regret the decisions I made, but I had to learn not to continue the what ifs in my life. Right. I had to let right. that go and just be thankful that here I am today, you know, with these children who are doing great things in life and that I had a part of that. You know, I played that role in their life. Even if I doubted myself as a mother, they all here help fly. So I must have done. <laughs> Something yeah. right. <laughs> done something right. You're done good, mama. You're done good. So, right. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that's the story A word that we all face. And I know all women have different stories about it. You know, some of us have gone through the process, and that's a whole nother, uh -huh. you know, issue and things that they had to deal with. But or people you might know someone that went through it and that support and or the that judgment that they had to face. You know, it's something that is just is un, you know understandable on all levels. So that's the age. yeah. <laughs> so um, about two years ago, I went through a woman's rites of passage program as part of my own personal healing journey, and there's a good part of the process in which we did. Um, womb restoration and you know healing of our our womb spaces and we we did an exercise in which we kind of um chronologically listed all of these different things that happen in your womb like when was the first time you had your cycle and when was the first time you had intercourse and one of them was and in the program, we don't use the word abortion. We use the terminology release pregnancy. So my body released a pregnancy and whether your body released it 
naturally because of miscarriage or medically because you had the procedure, you your body released this life that was growing in it. And so understanding that when we were in our own mother's wombs, the thoughts and situations and everything that she went through is part of our DNA. It's part of, look, I got people who talk about open the door. Um, I'll be out in like 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody wants some children. But anyway, let me get to the point there. (laughs) That as we were growing in our, our mother's wombs or as we grew our babies in our wombs, everything that we went through was being put upon them. It was part, it's part of their, their birth story. And so understanding like because you had these thoughts, what that could impact, like how that impacts your relationship with your daughter. Does it impact your relationship with your daughter? It also allows you to now be the type of mom who, if she's ever put in a situation where she needs guidance, you have experience and story to share with her to help her and be that resource that you were looking for that she couldn't, that that you didn't find, you know? So your story is to help her and maybe help somebody else who reads this book. Definitely. And, and, and that's another thing I did struggle with because when I wrote the story, it was so many times during the writing process that I was like, I cannot say this. Like, Mm -hmm this is not right. You know, like I should not be saying this about being a mother. And I said, I'm going to have to talk to my kids. So I sat down all of my children and told Mm -hmm. them, I read each part because every part of my chapter is about one of my kids. So I read their parts to them. And my, one of my daughters, she cried and she was like, mommy, I just can't believe like, she was like, it is so amazing that you were able to just say those things, you know? And, and I was like, why are you crying? And she was like, because it's just so like, and I just thought it was going to be a negative thing. Like, my, you wanted to have an abortion, but the love that they, I received from them was confirmation that, mm-hmm. okay, Jess, you know, that yes, had to be good for you. Thoughts, it right. was, oh my gosh, it was such an amazing moment that, you know, I had those thoughts I did what I needed to do and and they still love me. You know, in spite of whatever happened or whatever I thought could have happened, they mm-hmm. don't hold it against me. They're not judging me. They're just saying, you're a great mom. Like, that's it. That's all that mattered to them at that point. So it was, yeah. it was such a burden lifted off of me because I've been carrying it around for so long that I was this horrible mother for having that thought, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, it's affecting my kids because I didn't want to show them love and I didn't want to show them affection because I was like, I'm a bad mom. I didn't want to have, you know, I didn't want to initially have them. And when they gave me that embrace and that love, I was like, I'm not that bad after all, you know? So it it, it needed to be said. And like you said, it's to, someone is going to heal from it because there's right. so many 
women out Absolutely. there that are hiding it and not living in their truth because of what other people are going to say. So I hope that once this book comes out and people read this chapter, all those women who have been living in shame and guilt can be free, can be finally set right. know that you're not a bad person. You're not a bad mother because one thought doesn't make you into this terrible person. You. Absolutely. So I, I wanted to touch on something you said about the world. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up in a Baptist church and what I realized is the world isn't real with you. Um, and a lot of people forget what they went through as a young woman before they found God and became involved in the church, the struggles that they had. And I'm not saying they've all been in the same situation or circumstance, but it almost came across to me like they were very unforgiving and would throw the Bible at you um, as a weapon almost, as if they never made um, a mistake or been put or, or found themselves in a situation and unsure of what to do. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, that left an impression on me, looks much like yourself. It's like, while you, you know, you worried about it and took it into consideration, I pushed myself away from it and felt like, okay, so I know I can't come to you guys because you're going to guilt me. When mm -hmm. people don't really understand the value and just being forthcoming and real about their experience and how much that can benefit somebody. That's what's so amazing about the Diamond Writers and what, and what we do here and sharing our stories and for so many women who are silenced and feel like that they can't, you know, be forthcoming with what they've experienced and almost felt bad about themselves for and how they've grown from it and um, recovered, so to speak, from it and, and realized the new version of themselves because of it. It's, it's healing. It's growth. It's life. That's the reality. You know, we're not always going to make what's considered the right decision. And who defines that? Definitely. I agree. Oh, yeah. we have lots of comments. So let's, let's definitely go. check out our comments over here. Let's see what we got going on. I knew this would be a hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> we have our diamond sister, Talia. Hey, Talia. There is beauty and transparency. Yes, sis. It definitely is. Absolutely. It's healing. Oh. Healing through Come writing. On. Yes, Come diamond on. writers. <laughs> Woo, we are exactly. I'm healing. Okay. Exactly. Uh, there is there is so much healing that needs to be had. Come on, talk, Danielle. <laughs> I'm just Westside, saying somebody needs to understand. So, so too. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying said, be careful where you yeah. take information from. You you better be careful. Uh, Melly said people really don't understand how difficult that decision is. I had to make that decision for a medically necess necessary abortion, and I still think about it to this day. It is a huge psychological undertaking. The fact that people feel it's okay to judge you or to decide for you what you should do with your body is a high level of disrespect for your mental wellness. Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> all, no lies told, Mel. None. No none told. People don't know all the circumstances and the thought process behind things so quick to have an opinion yes our our other diamond sister michelle she said jess those are honest feelings you are not alone i question my choice on whether or not to proceed with my pregnancy as well 
This is something that should be normalized instead of shaming a woman for making a decision. Completely right. agree. Completely agree. The, you know, I feel like if you sit here and say that you're a woman who has released a pregnancy, you end up with that scarlet letter A. Like, ooh, they shame, shame, shame. Never understanding what conversation a woman who has has to have with herself to actually get to the point where she says, yes, I have to, I, I can't have this baby. I have to release this pregnancy. And then afterwards, the psychological and the emotional trauma that is experienced and mm. People on the outside want to come in and double down with their opinions and their outside with the picket signs and they're protesting and they're doing all this, that, next and another. But, you know, real quick, I'll hop on my sociology bandwagon. The same people who are sitting here talking about, no, um, once there's a heartbeat, it's a life and it deserves to be born are the same ones who cut daycare or working mothers. Mm. They're the same Come ones on. who cut off public aid when somebody is down. They're the same ones who don't give the in world. to the educational system for these children. So you want us to have all these babies. Right. Who's but you don't want, and I'm not talking about help raise them like I'm going to be a, on welfare and just, you know, have a system take care of them. I'm talking about having systems in place so that you can go to work so that you can raise your child without being on a system such as affordable daycare. You want me to have a baby, but you're not offering me affordable daycare. There's not a real cost of living wage for me as a single individual. Now I got another mouth to feed. And I ain't even going to start talking about the fact that there was no baby formula at the beginning of the year. So how are we supposed to feed mm. these babies? People were sitting here pulling out great grandma's recipe for making baby mm. formula out of carnation milk and powder mm. and like all this other stuff. People were selling. <laughs> you don't even Come give on. me the resources. The resources are not even here for me to take care of this life once it's here. And you want to be in my womb talking about you got to have it. It sounds for good. What? So you got to do something about it. How about that? Like everybody has an opinion so easy to have an opinion without mm -hmm. even knowing all the parts to it right and i don't want anyone to feel like we're shaming or bashing anyone all we're no. trying to say is respect someone's decision you may not agree with it you may not believe in it you may not you know understand it but just respect the decision we all have been faced with difficult decisions to make and we just need to show love and compassion when somebody chooses to do something that we may not necessarily have done or thought was the right thing to do. You know, we are right. we we should uphold our sisters and tell them, you know, I'm here for you. Whatever capacity you may need it to be, whether it's a shoulder to lean on or whether it's a word of encouragement, whether mm -hmm. it's me, you know, going to the doctor's appointments with you to get through the next stages of your life, whatever it is, because right. It's, it's a struggle when you don't have no support, you know, exactly. and it, it's on the other spectrum. Those women who want to have babies and are struggling to have babies, we shouldn't be 
saying when you're gonna have a baby, why you didn't have a baby yet? You know, it's get clock talk, time clock is ticking. Oh, no. we <laughs> we might need to save that for next month's hot oh topics. Oh my gosh, in general, <laughs> you don't know somebody's situation or circumstance. You don't, we don't know anything yeah. that people are going through, what they've right. been through, what they've dealt with. Just have a little more compassion for each That's other, right? You know, and, and be, be so under- quick to assume. Be, don't be quick. I want what that person's gone through. I remember growing up, my mother, she, you know, they give you all these little cutesy names for your for your vagina. And the one that I landed on was that's my privacy. Y'all get y'all public businesses out of my privacy. Whether I'm having a baby or I'm not having a baby. Mind your business. Right, right. Definitely. Well, ladies. It's called privacy um, for a reason. We have, let's take one more, two more comments. Let's see what we have. Mel said, they anti-abortion, but okay with war. Mm. It definitely homelessness someone yes. girl that yes that's and, it right there <laughs> and then Talia, right, right, that's another topic yes a whole nother show another that's for another diamond heist takeover okay yes <laughs> well ladies it is come to the end of our hour of the diamond heist takeover it was so amazing talking with you ladies tonight and you know we always have to give our gems so we can go around one at a time and go ahead and share something before we let these wonderful people go so danielle would you like to share your gem first i would say don't be quick to assume i think with all that we talked about don't be quick to assume whether you're Mm -hmm. a step parent you know um single parent versus single person Right. Take your time or the A word, you know, take your time, um, self-assess and don't assume the worst. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, just mind your business. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) I'm a drink to that. (laughs) I'm a drink to that. I'm going to end mine with repeating. Mind your business. Like <laughs> my business is my business. And if I choose, if I choose to share my business with you, because like in Jess's case, I'm asking for some guidance or some support. You know, that's 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 one thing. You know, I'm asking for you to 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 give me advice or give me insight. But if I didn't ask you, mind your business. <laughs> definitely um, for me I would say when all when all else fails choose love you know mm-hmm. whether you're the single parent dealing with the situationship whether you're the bonus parent whether you're facing a difficult decision of you know carrying a child or not choose love at the end of the day, we all need just a little bit of love. And if we can do that, I think the world will be just a little bit better if we choose to love each other. Mm. We we gonna have to put that on a shirt. Just love, no I chaser. Like that. Yes, just love. Diamond Riders. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, everyone, thank you for joining us tonight for our official Diamond Heist. I have been Tiffany Matthias, the Phoenix. Got Jess, the Newman, the Coach Keeper. I'm Danielle Lawson, the Shine Supporter. And until next time, hustle and and shine. shine. Good night, ladies. Good night, night, everyone. Good night, everyone.